Behind the Scenes Many years ago, I heard a woman on Radio 4 describe herself as a working artist. I didn't catch her name, but the interview struck a chord with me. She regarded her art as more than just a hobby, a passion or an identity. It was also her job. She was not embarrassed about calling the thing she loved work and did not consider that earning money demeaned her art. She loved what she did and she also made it pay the bills. The phrase working artist neatly encapsulated my own hopes and fears. I loved adventure, but could it be my job too? Would I fall out of love with adventure if I had to think about it every day and use it to earn money? Could I harness the idealistic, whimsical musings that drifted gently around my mind like campfire smoke when I was out in wild places and turn them into cold, hard cash? Doe, dosh, moolah, wonga. Could I become comfortable with self-promotion and showing off about myself? Why didn't I get a regular job and just go on adventures in my holidays? On the other hand, the prospect of being my own boss, in charge of my own destiny, going to incredible places and calling it all work, sounded like winning the lottery. I have been obsessed with adventure for a quarter of a century and working at it full-time for the best part of 20 years. Accompanying many adventures have been 14 books, scores of short films and podcasts, a couple of thousand blog posts and a thousand or more talks and keynote presentations. I have shared ideas on living adventurously with companies like Google, HSBC, Facebook, Twitter, Amazon and Virgin Galactic. I've worked on campaigns about adventure with brands including Land Rover, Glenfiddich, Adidas, Visit Britain and Cartier. I even bagged an amusing cameo role as Alistair Humphrey's adventurer in a cider advert on TV. I've given talks on six continents to audiences as large as 1600 and as low as zero, don't ask, and as diverse as toddlers, pensioners and special forces soldiers. My favourite part is always the Q&A session at the end, although the same questions do crop up time and again. What's your favourite country? Wasn't it dangerous? Generally, people ask about the journeys I've been on and what they have taught me. The joyous exception to this rule are the random questions young children ask. Is your favourite colour blue? What's for lunch? Where do you go to the toilet? My mummy's got a bike. I get asked all sorts of questions about the practical, emotional, physical and mental aspects of getting from A to B in wild places. It's very rare these days to hear a question I've never heard before. I love novel questions because they force me into thinking mode rather than the autopilot I occasionally lapse into. For example, do you have a boyfriend? And if not, are you busy tonight? Yet, whilst adventures are the most colourful part of my life, I don't spend all my time away on journeys. Although my career revolves around outdoor travel, I actually spend more time wading through emails than swimming in rivers. Yet nobody ever asks about what goes on behind the scenes of a working adventurer's life. That is what this book is about. Being an adventurer is like being back at school. Some kids were good at sport, some shone in the classroom and others were popular. And then there was me, but that's a conversation for another day, or a therapist. There were awards for academia, 
nobody cared much about those. And the sports champions received both trophies, more prestigious, and adulation. Then there were the cool kids, popular without ever seeming to do much, because they were funny, charming, or attractive. Everyone scrabbled to find their niche. Life is much the same in the adventure world. You find athletes making their mark with bold expeditions, clever folk writing masterpieces or championing conservation work, and those who get along just through charisma or good looks. Every working adventurer tackles life in their own way. This book is about what my life has been like as a working adventurer. I make no claim to it being a definitive handbook. It's not a book championing elite performance or stellar success, nor a guide to being the best of the best, filled with hacks to help you seek marginal gains and crush the opposition. I'm not that sort of person. I will never be as tough as Ranulph Fiennes, as famous and wealthy as Bear Grylls, or sell as many books as any number of writers. I'm not the best adventurer out there. I'm under no illusion of being amongst the outliers in my field, those who are the most extreme, productive, well-known or wealthy. Then again, I'm pretty sure the artist I heard on the radio was not as talented or renowned as Frida Kahlo or Picasso, but she was doing what she loved and earning a living from it. That felt like success to me. Picasso, on the other hand, had loftier ideas for the working artist. What are the aims of the artist, he asked. Fame, money and beautiful lovers. There are many ways to build a life. This book is how I do things, but it's not the way you should do them. I'm sure other working adventurers would disagree with a lot of it and offer other advice in its place. I have merely tried to be honest about the way I work. What I don't do in these pages is answer the usual questions I get asked. There are no kit lists, no practical expedition planning advice, no daring deeds. I've written other books about all that. Here, I simply show you the bodged-together set design of a working adventurer's visible facade. I felt it was important to counter the Instagram glossiness of not only my online life, but the prevalence of seemingly perfect, envy-inducing online lives in general. It's not healthy to see so much curated polish. I wanted to lift the curtain and invite you backstage to see the reality of the mess that I usually shove hastily into the wings, out of sight. The book's genesis was an awareness that the questions I answer in my talks and the stories I share on stage and social media are just the tip of the iceberg of my working life. Kayaking amongst bright blue icebergs is one thing, but who does my tax returns? And what do I do all day in my shed other than drink coffee and look out of the window at the birds? Away from the visible face of adventures, what has it been like to build a life and a living from adventure? How did I get started and build momentum? I explain how I gathered the nerve to leap from being a salaried teacher to self-employment. I share practical details about my daily working routine, getting published, launching a podcast or starting to earn money from public speaking. I explain how I make my money and how much I earn, address how I get the time for adventures amidst family life, and explore whether adventure isn't entirely pointless and self-indulgent. And I tackle some general interest questions which I enjoyed reflecting on. 
I hope you will enjoy this book if you love everything about adventure. It may also appeal if you just like a good rummage through someone's drawers. Some aspects might overlap with your own life, whether that is attempting to live adventurously amidst the hectic rush of daily life, daring yourself to go freelance in a creative industry, or considering carving a career from something you love. I enjoy the Q&A sessions in my talks because it's a chance for the audience to ask what they are interested in, not what I've chosen to bang on about. I took the same approach here and invited questions about being a working adventurer via social media. I received hundreds of questions, convincing me that there were enough nosy but nice folk interested in the illusionist's techniques of my life to give this book a go. When I began, I was uncertain what direction it might take. It depended on what questions people asked me. But in the same way that serendipity, momentum and adventure show up once you dare yourself to get out of the front door and have a look around, I decided just to give it a go. Every week I picked a question from the growing list, climbed onto my bike and went for a ride to mull it over. Then I'd find a cafe, order lunch and scribble down my thoughts. It was a satisfying way to write a book. If cycling helped Einstein come up with the theory of relativity, he supposedly said, I thought of that whilst riding my bicycle, then it was certainly good enough for me.